0: And you are listening to The Breakfast Show. we have coming to our second hour. It is 8.05 a.m. on the dot, and we are going to have another question for the quiz.
1: Yes, indeed. This is our fourth quiz this morning. How many days did Jesus appear to his disciples after his resurrection?
0: At least <laughs> two.
1: I was sh- No, no, no. Don't say nothing. <laughs> I, just, how, I just
0: wanted to sneak an answer in there, you know <laughs>
1: A wrong answer
0: <laughs> well, um, well,
1: well, not incorrect, actually Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was at least two, it was definitely more Yep For how many days did Jesus appear to his disciples after his resurrection? Mm-hmm. So basically that's like from the point where he was res- resurrected up until the point where he ascended to heaven, right? That's right So the, the time frame in between Mm-hmm yeah. Mm. This is a
0: famous period of time. I I believe that many of you will know it. If you don't know it, we give you license. If you're not a regular church attender, you know, if you don't regularly and by regularly, I mean, like maybe like once once a you know, hey, I'm a
1: regular attender and I didn't know this one.
0: <laughs> so, if you know if you're if you're at attending church weekly, we suggest that you try and rack your brain for the answer to this one. If you're not, we we give you license. You know, dive into the Bible, find the answer. We would love for you to know the answer. We'd love for you to know more about the Bible and also to get your entry in for our draw, which is for this week. We're going to be doing basically we have a selection of CDs and we have a selection. Of puzzles,
1: and by the way, even if you did have to um, look up in the Bible the answer, we don't check that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wait, yeah, no. I like, the... did, did you look it up? <laughs> we don't ask that question. Yeah. So if you looked it up, it's fine. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine.
0: That's right. That's right. Well, hey, let's get into some text messages. I got a ton of text messages here. People are just saying saying all kinds of things. Uh, I have my friend, you know, my friend from Melbourne, Chris, texting in this morning, and then you know getting answers to questions I'm wrong curious. even though he's pastor and all
1: that <laughs> oh so you decided to name and shame yeah him.
0: that's right i i, I, I decided to, to put him out there no no we we love chris he, he thought it was the first books of the bible he didn't know it was okay. the first books of the new testament yeah. but hey let's have a look at some other text messages here uh i wanted to share my thanks i am grateful for the great hosts you two are Always start my day off with a smile and such great choices in songs. So, thanks for a great radio show.
1: Oh, bless. From Braden.
0: So, Braden, look, I will be sending that money to you. Thank you for the compliment. (laughs) But, like. man great
1: that- night paying you for nothing <laughs> thank you very much and praise the lord we're glad that you uh, enjoy the show and that yeah that's your, right your morning
0: and we, we love those kinds of comments too people sitting in saying hey you know the show has affected me in such and such way I was particularly blessed when we had the Faith FM dinner and hangout down here in Newcastle a couple weeks ago and we were able to spend time with people like meeting people who, who kind of know me and I don't know them and mm-hmm. it's 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 a weird feeling but then they're like oh man like you know because of faith fm like oh, i've become a christian like because of faith fm i started going to church like it, it is amazing to hear how this show is affecting you and not to heap on to our self-praise but the reason that we do this is because of god Amen. like we want people to know about jesus we want people to know about christ and to draw closer to him and so yeah please let us let us know if you have a testimony to share Send us. Send yeah, us in. We'd Send love something to in. hear that. Now, I've got a bunch of other text messages here. Let's see. Going all the way back to 18 hours at sea. Was surprised to hear that only 54% of Americans can swim.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah, that uh, pra- doesn't surprise me at all.
0: Praise the small miracle of the floating ball... Still 18 hours at sea, you you need to be pretty healthy to enjoy that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's, like, just holding onto the ball for 18 hours and keeping yourself awake for 18 hours. Like, oh, man, that's tough. Yeah. That's gnarly. I guess maybe you could, like, lay on your front and, like, you know, breathe in and breathe out and swing your legs up so it's, like, floating on the water and then you can take some rest like that.
1: I think I'd survive pretty well because I am abnormally buoyant. Oh, I I actually find it really... Ever since I was a kid, I find it really, really hard to swim to the bottom of a pool and stay there. Okay. Yeah, so I once did a photo shoot... Where I had to swim to the bottom of the pool and like sit on furniture, uh-huh. and it, it was a disaster. It was... I just floated off. <laughs>
0: that's so funny. You gotta get all the air out. That's the that's yeah, the secret. Yeah, I don't
1: know. I don't know. I just must just be more gaseous than most people because I yeah. just bloop, float to the well,
0: top. Well, uh, not to brag or anything, but <laughs> I was the I was the twelve years uh, boys champion for my school, ah. the Year Six swimming champion. Mm. So you know, I uh, yeah, I've got big credentials. <laughs> Uh, in the area of, of swimming. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I can swim all right. I can swim to survive. I think back in those days, I was doing like squad training and stuff. Um, well, I, my sister's a fantastic swimmer. It's like my two older sister, particularly my second older sister, um, to the point where at the fittest that I've ever been, at a point in my life where I could go and run 15Ks, cycle 100Ks, my sister, who at the time couldn't do a push up, made me throw up. <laughs> In, a, in swimming training, like she just it has such flawless technique, and maybe she's like a little bit buoyant as well, a little bit more buoyant than I am. She is an absolute gun.
1: Yeah, I can swim for hours, for hours and hours and hours.
0: Yeah, I'm not like that. I just, I just yeah, start. I, I love. Being I start in the water. sinking. Maybe that's my problem. <laughs> That's, but I can yeah. swim to survive. Um, must be a great feeling uh, being rich enough to help your employees for three months. <laughs> the guy is rich in more than one way. God bless him.
1: Yeah, yeah. He was he was a millionaire. He had a, a couple of McDonald's franchisees. Yeah, but yeah. Did. But how great to to see when people help mm. out. Yeah.
0: Ecclesiastical insurance. Um, yeah. Oh, someone just just commenting on those churches that burnt down. 150 churches that burnt down in England. That's that's. Yeah, that's incredibly surprising and horrific. We didn't hear any any conspiracy theories Mm. on what took place, but yeah, maybe... (laughs) We're all thinking it, though. Yeah, Yeah. that's right, that's right. Hey, young Lawson, have you got a bit of a head cold? (laughs) David from Perth. Yes, yes, you are hearing that, my deep, stoic voice. (laughs) Uh,
1: (laughs) David, kudos to someone listening from WA, because they're like, what, three, four hours behind or something? It must be like... Really stupid Super o'clock in the morning. early. Yeah, yeah. I've never really thought about that. Yeah, no, David w- is a
0: faithful listener.
1: WA listeners are like diamonds in the rough, man.
0: That is so awesome. Biden, not much to say about him besides being an embarrassment to America. <laughs> World leaders are laughing at him but respect his position and power or at least those in charge of him. I doubt he will last much longer in the job. Great changes are going to happen very soon. Mm. I have friends who are even predicting uh in I think it's October November they I, I don't know exactly how this works. They were just talking about how like the the people under the president uh, is it the House of Representatives, the Senate Th- that group of politicians they were predicting that Biden would be impeached by the end of this year. Oh really. Because they're like, yeah, under his, you know, like Roe versus Wade has been overturned and all this stuff with Israel and Palestine and and the economy as well, inflation and whatnot. Uh, And companies like dying in the downturn of the economy, they're like, oh yeah, like they'll get rid of Biden before his term, they'll, they'll impeach him. I don't know if that's going to happen, uh, but I know that Leia, like, there are lots of people who are unhappy with Joe Biden on both sides. Mm-hmm. Uh, "'Such good advice about health and exercise. I am guilty of being very slack with my exercise, working in an office all day, and currently completing my teaching degree. I need to be intentional about putting time aside to exercise.' The Stride app group have been encouraging me to keep active through friendly competition. Now, Stride, I believe, is the app where you walk around and you get hexagons as a result, Yeah, right?
1: I'm, a, I'm a Strider. Okay, the so
0: app. there there is this, like, group of Striders that includes Lyle and Cheryl yeah, I mean, and their they're... family and Monica, yeah. and I think this person texting in as well, of basically people who are colonizing the world <laughs> uh, one <laughs> that's hexagon that's at that's a that's time... Uh, via walking. It's this thing where it's like, you know, if you walk in a place, you get a hexagon, and then if someone else walks in that place, they overtake your hexagon, and then it's just a street battle, basically, of
1: (laughs) Who owns what. And when you open the app, it comes up, the the map comes up, and you can see, like, all the patches of hexes that you own. Uh So, yeah, it's really cool. Shell is actually... um, I think probably the top hex owner in Australia. So she's like a, Shelly's extremely competitive and she is an incredible, um, gun at striding. So yeah, she, she walks every day and collects hexes.
0: She, she's up in like Brisbane right now yeah, with her grandchild and 100% she's yeah. out there collecting yeah. hexes. So
1: we have a closed group. So it's invite only because we can't have people who just don't do anything because yeah. it's limited, um, numbers in a, and it's called an Alliance.
0: Oh, okay. So yeah. you're like, this is an all-star team. Yeah, yes. Yeah. We so, have the best of the best. Yeah,
1: so in the app, you can only have so many people in your alliance. Otherwise, you know, you can just have millions and then you'll be cheating. But we have people from all over the world. So we have, like, people from the Netherlands. Um, Pastor Blake um, is, is currently in Sweden. Is Sweden <laughs> up Thailand. Yeah, it's really cool. Who sent that message in?
0: Uh, did. yeah.
1: You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. If you do want to, um... Have a bit of motivation to go out and get, do some walking, but you, you just want to make it a bit more fun. It's kind of like it's gamified yeah. walking, so that's kind of the idea behind the Stride app. But it's called Stride. It's an app. There's a free version. There's a premium version that you pay mm-hmm. for. I just use the free version. But yeah, go ahead and download that.
0: Yeah. If I you have, have an affinity for, for colonization, but don't want to <laughs> oppress people, <laughs> yeah. this is also a blessing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if you if you want to stake your claim in some territory, mm-hmm. it's awesome. Hey, let's uh, let's jump into the Bible. We have a Bible study to do. Today, yesterday, we, we've been considering all this, all this stuff about the crucible. We've been talking about the goldsmith's face, and who is the goldsmith? Who you know? Who would we consider the goldsmith of this crucible? This big pot that belt that that burn that? Sorry, I said I said I was going to say burn and melt, and I said belt <laughs> no. and <mer>. uh, <laughs> That's that similar, burn. That burner burn and melts metals. Yes, God, it is God. Mm-hmm. It's Jesus. It's you know our Lord and Savior, the one. Who is trying to change us now? Yesterday, we talked and considered all over the topic of does God, you know, God, God is obviously planning to change us in the future, you know, from mortal to immortal, you know, from from corruptible to incorruptible, from sinful to perfect and and righteous, you know, and that amazing change is going to happen at the second coming. But is that also a change that comes today? And what was our yeah. What was our conclusion? Monica.
1: Excuse me. It's a change that happens every day. As soon as you uh, accept Christ into your life, changed. Well, maybe even before. Mm. Yeah, depending on on your spiritual walk.
0: Yeah, essentially, like God wants to work in our heart to change us. You know, and we talked about okay, well, how does this take place? And I gave the the example uh, yesterday of you know the relationship. Someone that you spend time with, you become like. And there are people who we spend time with and who inspire us to change. And you used me as an example yesterday, and yeah, I love
1: how you bring that up. Again.
0: I sent you that money, so thank you. <laughs> uh, <but laughs> I love that. Whenever someone gives you a compliment, it's just like, yeah, I'll send the money.
1: So you <laughs> yeah, you can be broke.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh wait, no, uh, you overestimate how many people compliment.
1: Well, you owe two people money so far, just in the last twenty minutes. <laughs>
0: that's that's right. That's right. How much money is that? <laughs> it stands to stands to be reasoned. Uh, but essentially, yeah, we were, we were chatting yesterday about how spending time with particular people can be inspiring to us and we can become like-minded. You know, this takes place in our personal relationships. This takes place, you know, think of it like sports team dynamic, for example. Uh, just, just sports in general. We had Caitlin coming in here and, and talking about sport and talking about exercise and physiology. If you go and exercise with someone else, you will push yourself to do more. Uh, unless that person is like a detractor, then mm. then that can be kind of bad. But that's the thing: like by your relationship with them, you are influenced by them. But f- on the on the flip side, yeah, yeah. Like if you if you have a, like a positive, healthy, competitive relationship where you're trying to push each other to do better and better. When you go and work out with people, dude, you just like you smash it. Like whether it's running or cycling. Uh, when I lived in Spain and I was sixteen. Uh, and a young whippersnapper aspiring to be a professional motorcycle racer. I had a friend, uh, Marcel, he was from Switzerland. He was from Bern in Switzerland and he would come over and live with me for like six weeks at a time. And from that point forward, like we were like best of friends. Like, we spent so much time together. We would, you know, eat together. We, like, knew nothing about cooking. We would, like, just (laughs) eat, like... Two-minute noodles? Like, no, no, no. Like, because we were on a diet. Oh. Okay, so, like, we were looking after ourselves. So, we would eat, like, instead of two-minute noodles, it would be, like, for dinner. Like, we'd have to eat carbohydrates, and it would just be, like, pasta and salt. (laughs) (laughs) Um, <laughs> pasta and salt and, like, cheese. Um, like, for, you know, we'd eat, like, yogurt. We'd eat, like, yogurt and lettuce, like, every meal. <laughs> 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 and like occasionally chicken, like we were, we were pretty wild cause we were so young and we were just living by ourselves. Uh, cause he lived out in Switzerland, but then he, yeah, he'd come over to spend and we'd spend time together. Uh, but then like, yeah, we'd go and train together. We'd go running, we'd go exercising, we'd go cycling, uh, or motorbike riding and everything just became a competition. As a result, we really pulled each other up. Like, I think the first time he came to spend time with me, I was running like a consistent, like eight, nine Ks a day at like a really decent pace. And he came and, like, that that day, like, I cracked 10Ks. I ran my fastest pace. And the reason I did that is because I beat him. Like, I was, like, <laughs> he was, he's, like, six foot. And me, if you know me, I'm, like, 5'7". Like, he's quite a bit taller than me. And I'm, like, I just had, like, a chip on my shoulder. Mm-hmm. Even though we're, like, friends, I was, like, i got a point to prove. And we basically did this run where the first half of the run, oh, so it was, it was in quarters. So the first quarter was flat. The next quarter was, like, this big incline. The next quarter was a decline, and then the last quarter was flat. And the incline quarter, like, I did, you know, my... I, I kind of drafted him for the flat section. I just, you know, ran behind him and then ran beside him a little bit, but stayed behind him, and then we got to the incline, and I just boosted, bro. How I just, like, <laughs> I I murdered this guy. and And... But then... Like by the end of, I think that first four weeks we lived together, like we were on par. Mm -hmm. Like I kind of, I was inspired to beat him and then he was inspired to beat me. And, and as a result, we had this amazing relationship where we both got better in our exercise, in our writing and everything. uh, Because we like, and we were friends, bro, but we inspired each other to, to do more as, as a result. And we're saying here, it's like, okay, God is calling us to change. How is it that this change can happen? It happens through a relationship with him. Why? Um, well, firstly, I think there is, like, an inspiration factor. Because the person, as we've just been discussing, the person you spend time with more, you want to become more like them. Particularly, like, d- Jesus is definitely above me, right? Like, Jesus is definitely that I, someone that I would look up to, being that he is the King of Kings and, and Lord of Lords and the Son of God and the Savior of my soul. Like, you know, he's not my, like pal under my wing, like Jesus is, you know, like think about God and the father in heaven, like the kind of titles that we prescribe or we ascribe to these people that the Bible ascribes to these people. Like, like we're talking about definitely authority figures. So we look up to them. And as a result, we're, we're influenced by them. I want to show you guys a passage. One of my favorite passage in the Bible where this is the case. Let's go to first Timothy. Let's go to first Timothy chapter two. Um, this is like, this is like the bread and butter of basically, like every study that I give on the topic of salvation or how it is that God saves us, I love this passage. Uh, so, First Timothy chapter two, and let's start reading. Do you want to read for us verse three to verse six?
1: This is good and pleases God our Savior, who wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. For there is only one God and one Mediator who can reconcile God and humanity, the man Christ Jesus. He gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone. This is the message God gave to the world at just the right time.
0: Awesome. Okay. So, the Bible says here in verse 3, in the previous two verses, it's talking about how we should pray for all people, people in authority, people in power. We should be praying for them, that we might live good and peaceable lives in the sight of man and in the sight of God. And it says this is good and acceptable in the sight of God. And then it says... In verse four, in my Bible, it says it uses the word desire. It says, "Who desires all men to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth." What, what word does it use there in your Bible? In uh, verse four, it's
1: for um, everyone who wants to be saved, so just wants.
0: Yeah, okay, it's essentially the same thing. Yeah, but in my Bible, it just expresses this desire that God has to for everyone to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. This is God's deepest desire that he has for humanity. He wants them to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. Now, something to note about desire is that desires are only worth as much as you're willing to give to achieve them. Okay. So if I want to become a professional NBA player, I would need to quit my job and spend 24 hours, seven days a week, like, training, and practicing basketball to be able to do that. And if I didn't do that, well, then that's how much my desire is worth. If I say I want to be an NBA player and then don't put the work in to be able to do it, you can see how much my desire is worth. But for, if God has a desire for all men to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth, then he needs to do what it takes to achieve that desire. And it shows us what he does in verse 5. In my work Bible, he uses the word mediator. Uh, do you want to read verse 5 for us again?
1: There is only one God and one mediator who can reconcile God and humanity, the man Christ Jesus.
0: So for God to be able to save humanity, he makes this role of mediator, which Jesus Christ fills, which then does the work of bringing together God and men. And it's like, okay, well, what what did Jesus do as a mediator to reconcile God and men? Well, he died. He gave his life. And that in and of itself is so inspiring, like, to to see, to understand, realizing, oh, wait, God had this desire, and what was it worth? Well, he he would rather die than see his desire of saving you go unfulfilled. That was essentially God's conclusion. He's like, I am so inspired, I have such a desire to save humanity, that I would rather die than for them to be lost. And that's exactly what he did, and I believe that that inspires us profoundly. You're listening to the Breakfast Joe Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Right now, we are going to get the final question for today, in in regards to like the the price. Yeah, the quiz. Yeah. <laughs> As
1: Jesus and his disciples were crossing the Sea of Galilee in a boat, a big storm arose. Jesus rebuked the wind and the waves, and the storm disappeared. But what was Jesus doing when the storm actually arose?
0: Oh, huh. hmm, lazy guy. 0491 064 is the number to call or text. I just gave you a little bit of clue <laughs> if you were listening along. Uh, 0491 064 669 is the number to call or text if you know the answer to that one. And you will go into the draw to win... I, there a puzzle? It's a puzzle See? and a
1: CD and they get to pick whichever ones they want.
0: That's amazing. Yeah.
1: So as Jesus and his disciples were crossing the Sea of Galilee in a boat, a big storm arose. Jesus rebuked the wind and the waves and the storm disappeared. But what was Jesus doing when the storm actually first arose? Mm,
0: awesome. Now, okay, let's jump back into our Bible study. We've been talking about God's desire for all men to be saved, to come to a knowledge of the truth, and you yeah. know, how inspiring that is for us. Like, God's desire to save us, it, it is touching. And it, for is. us, it's like, oh, man, like, you know, when I, I, like, can I ask you a question, Monica? Of course you can. Are there movies that make you emotional?
1: So many. Okay. What, <laughs> like kind, all of, of what them. kind
0: of movies make you emotional?
1: Um, my all-time heart-tugging theme is the theme, anything to do with reunion Okay. Anything like where people have been separated and they get back together, man, I'm like weeping my eyeballs Yes.
0: My one, so like I cry in war movies regularly. I
1: can't even watch war movies.
0: I cry whenever I watch a war movie, I cry because the idea of self-sacrifice is so moving to me.
1: Yeah, it's true, actually, yeah.
0: Like, that that theme, you know, whether it's Hacksaw Ridge or American Sniper or whatever, like, all, all these movies, like, I cry just seeing people give their life. Um, mm-hmm. You know, in, in that case, it's for their fellow man, it's for their country, whatever it may be. Uh, in some cases, it's for God. I recommend the movie Hacksaw Ridge. You should definitely watch that yeah, movie. It is probably changing. probably one of the best war movies I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, you know, about a man who follows God. But hey, in this particular passage, you're talking about Jesus giving his life for us. And as we've said, like, it's an incredibly inspiring theme. It's an incredibly touching theme. Something that, that makes us, like, look towards God and say, wow, like, he really cares for me. He really loves me unconditionally and i believe this is a way in which we go like just just the same as we're talking about spending time in relationships with our friends or with our spouse or co-workers or whatever it may be they inspire us to change i believe this is a way that god inspires us to change we see what he does and as a result we change but also god has declared that this is not only a natural work that comes through, you know, us seeing him and, and changing ourselves, but rather it's actually kind of a supernatural work.
1: Is it now?
0: Yeah. Let's, let's have a look. Romans chapter eight. Let's read Romans chapter eight, a very, very famous passage of the Bible. We're going to go to Romans chapter eight and we're going to be spending a little bit of time there. Um, We're going to be in chapter eight and we're going to read, I believe verse 28 and verse 29 and 29 will be our real focus. Uh oh man but then rest 30 and 31 and 32 are really amazing as well. But uh Romans chapter 8. And can you read 28 and 29?
1: And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. For God knew his people in advance, and he chose them to become like his son, so that his son may be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters.
0: Mm. Now, this verse, I just want to address the elephant in the room. Uh, This verse has used to be a proponent for uh, predestination for quite a long time, I've talked to people personally, and they're like, yeah, see, like there is this thing called limited atonement where God you know, selects and chooses a distinct and small group of people to be saved, and everyone else will never have the opportunity to be saved and that, that's the kind of, the message that they get from this work, verse, because they see the word predestined, now if we, considering the last verse where the Bible says God desires all men to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth I'm like, well that kind of Flies in the face yeah. of limited Everything atonement.
1: else speaks against that. Yeah. I it's do. like, oh,
0: God came to save the entire world. You know, mm-hmm. God came that all men would be saved. Yeah. Like, even, yeah. Not even one person you know, to be lost. Because, yeah, ultimate. And then we reflect, okay, why are people lost? You know, because of their choice. Yeah. Um, but then it uses the word, it says, for whom he foreknew, he also, in my Bible, it says, he also predestined. Your Bible, it says, it chose. He also predestined to be conformed into the image of his son. Now, the question is, that I believe quells the argument of predestination, who did God foreknow? Us. Us, as in? Like you and me. You and me. Yeah. Who else? Everybody. Yes.
1: Everybody. everybody yes. Everybody who, ever.
0: Who did God foreknow? Everybody Everyone. Yeah. Ever. Like, God foreknew every person that would yeah. ever exist, yeah. ever. So... For whom he foreknew, he chose to be saved. Like, that's
1: all of us. We're all predestined. That's
0: right. Like, predestined in the sense, that, and we saw, it. like, well, how does that work? God creates a mediator between, you know, Christ and man to give everyone the opportunity to receive salvation. Um, but the, the part that it adds on here is that he might be the firstborn among many brethren conformed into the image of his son that God is also wanting to achieve change in the hearts of people. He is also wanting to see people not only be justified, be be saved, but also, again, like consider this sentence, conformed into the image of his son. Now, you know, a famous passage, understanding from the Bible, uh, a famous concept, you know, we are made in the image of God. Mm -hmm. But because of the presence of sin, then we're no longer in the image of God. Um, Even though God has made us by choosing against him and and by choosing ways that are not his own, uh, yeah, we kind of disqualify ourselves from the image of God. But God is wanting to conform us again. He's wanting to work in our hearts as a result of our choice to follow him to be conformed into the image of God of his son he is wanting to do that work in us for us the thing that we re- need to realize about being like Christ about you know being in the crucible and being melted and changed is that it's not a work of just gritting our teeth and clenching our fists uh, let me just ask you the question consider this <laughs> have you ever tried to stop sinning
1: uh-huh. White knuckle.
0: Yeah, and, and how did it go for you? You know, well. Is overcoming sin difficult? Absolutely. In our own strength, yes. But this is what God is wanting to do. Yes, he inspires us to choose him by the fact that he gave himself for us. And any logical person seeing that and, you know, who God is touching the heart of, um, and who is open to him, they will make that decision to follow him because it's just undeniable how incredible God is for sacrificing himself for us. But furthermore, he is wanting to do the work of changing us. He is not calling us to sinless perfectionism in our own strength. He is saying, I know you're a sinner. I know you're lost. I gave my life for you. I know you're going to continue to struggle. But as long as you are having a relationship with me, as long as you are letting me into your life, I will continue to work to change you. We are essentially in a win-win-win situation. God has done everything to save us. Not only did he give his life for us, not only then afterwards did he give us, you know, the law so that we could live by and, and live better lives, but then he gives us the power to actually be able to keep it and to follow him. God, like, this is this is a winning situation. Jesus is truly on our side. And we can choose Him today, and we can choose to have Him in our lives, and we can ask Him, God, I'm struggling with this. I'm struggling with that. Please, I repent, forgive me, but work in my heart. Help me to overcome. That's the decision that you have to make today. That's the call that you can make to God. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Right now, we're going to have, firstly... Answers for the quiz. And then secondly, question of the day. So let's go through some answers. What what were people?
1: The common name given to the first four books of the New Testament is the Gospels. The four blanks in that verse go like this. Let your communication be yay, yay, nay, nay, for whatsoever is more than these cometh (laughs) of evil.
0: Uh, That's so awesome.
1: (laughs) How did Jesus reveal the one who would betray him? He dipped a piece of bread and passed it to him. How many days did Jesus appear to his disciples after his resurrection? was 40 Uh, And what was Jesus doing right before that big old storm arose in the Sea of Galilee? He was sleeping.
0: Fantastic. Mm. Well, that has been the answers. But right now it is time for... Question
1: of the Day.
0: All right, Monica. What is our question of the day today?
1: Lawson, there are forty three thousand denominations on Earth today. Really? What does that tell us about who is right and who is wrong?
0: Okay, so firstly, there are not forty three thousand denominations. What? There are no. That that is that is actually an incorrect statistic. Well, it's a statistic. It's not. You could say it's. It's a it's a misinterpretation uh, of the information that we have. Now we will get to the question of who is right and who is wrong in a little bit. But in terms of that number of forty three thousand, that number has been growing and, and growing and growing. Obviously, because there is more churches. But this style of research started off with a guy named David Barrett, and then was continued on by another guy named Todd Johnson. Uh, where you know they were they wrote a book called the you know the Christian Church Encyclopedia, like learning all about the churches. They believe and whatnot. Uh, and this research, initially done by David Barrett, I would say the reason why it's flawed and the reason why there isn't actually 43,000 denominations in the world today is because this research was based on the concept that each church denomination in each country is its own denomination. So, for example, you have the Catholic Church. The Catholic Church in Italy and the Catholic Church in Australia would be two different denominations oh. under this research. The Adventist Church in Italy and the Seventh day Adventist Church in Australia would be two different denominations and, and vice versa. So.
1: That's a bit silly. Why do they do that?
0: Yeah, I, I, it wasn't, I don't think it's the best way to go about it. They were considering because, and we're going to get there a little bit, because there are a lot of denominations mm-hmm. in the world. Don't get me wrong. And there has definitely been an increase, but not quite. 43,000. That that is a statistic that I used to tell people a lot. Maybe not 43,000, I used to say, because it's growing every year. I think the statistic previous to this was like 32,000 denominations. Uh, But essentially, There are a lot of denominations. Like, it might not be that number because, you know, if the Catholic Church is in 200 countries in the world, it's just one Catholic Church, it's one Mm -hmm. denomination. But there are a lot of denominations, particularly over the last 100 years. We've had the boom in Congregationalism and Non-Denominationism. Yeah. So Congregationalism is the idea. It can fit into a denomination. You can have an Anglican com- uh, Congregationalist Church where it's basically the church isn't connected to a union of churches within that denomination. It's its own thing. But then you have Non-Denominationism, which is basically what, we, what we've what we seen, particularly in the last 50 years, which is like you go, you, you don't have to be attached to a denomination. You just start your own church that has its own set of values and beliefs, and we've seen a real boom in that. There are all companies all across the world that are non-denominational, whether it's, you know, Hillsong or Elevation, or they like, they're really kind of the forefront, the famous ones, and, and there's a lot of uh, churches under that model that exists here in Australia. Now, the following question was, what does that say about who is right and who is wrong? Now, the fact that there's a lot of churches is actually a good thing, because it's actually one of the sides of the times. This is what the Bible says. Uh, it says here, um, let me let me see. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. Now, that isn't necessarily a fantastic way to cho- talk about churches, but you need to understand, if there's all these different non-denominational churches out there and all these different denominations and, and whatnot, because they are, like the, the list of churches and different churches and congregations all over the world is growing and growing and growing that all believe different things... Some people have to be right and some people have to be wrong. That's just the reality of it. Uh, so, therefore, like, who, how do we find who is right? Well, ultimately, we need to appeal to, firstly, like, letting God lead us, but secondly, ultimately coming to the conclusion, okay, who is preaching the most from the Bible? That is how we answer the question. That, that is how we find the answers is go to the Bible and say, okay, is there anything in my church or my denomination or in my belief system that is contradictory with what the Bible says. We have the ability, the capacity to research and understand. We should take that opportunity. I implore all of you, if you want to do Bible studies by yourself, or you want to do Bible studies with people, please give us a call, 0491-064-669. We'll hook you up uh, with all kinds of Bible studies here at Faith FM. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.